Today's episode is brought to you by Triumph Equine Kinesiology Tape. Accessible, affordable, and made for all sticky situations. It's my favorite equine kinesiology tape, and I bet it'll be yours too. Available at triumphtape.com, and we'll also link it in the show notes. I'm Judith, and this is the Starline Equine Bodywork Podcast. This is a podcast about all of the things that I've learned and continue to learn in my career with horses. For the better part of a decade, I've been a full-time equine bodywork practitioner, educator, and author. My obsession? How horses really work. And how to get the most from our relationship with them in training and in sport. My passion? Helping horse owners, body workers, and aspiring body workers get going, unpack the latest science, research, and experiences behind what we do with horses to support their potential and optimize their performance. As an equine body worker, I go to a lot of barns and I meet a lot of horses. And I also have the opportunity to run into a lot of veterinarians and a lot of farriers and a lot of other body workers. And I get to have these great conversations about things that we're all seeing uh, regularly in our practices. And today's topic is one of those things. And I have had the fortune of speaking to several farriers and uh, body workers and veterinarians about this recently. And so I wanted to bring it up as today's topic, and that is the high-low syndrome in horses. So uh, for those of you who have not come into contact with that term, high-low syndrome is when a horse's heel is higher on one side than on the other side. Now, this can happen on the fronts or the hinds, but most commonly we do see it in the front limbs. And uh, in my research for this episode, I was reading about one farrier who said that up to about 60% of his practice is affected by some level of hilo. Now, some of these horses will need intervention and others are functioning um, without intervention, but 60%. And so I really started to uh, think about it in my own practice. And I would say uh, I, I would have similar numbers to that. So this can be caused by a number of different factors. Now, uh, horses can have a genetic predisposition to high-low, they can actually be born a little high on one side uh, and a little low on the other. It can happen through grazing patterns. So when a horse uh, habitually puts one leg forward to graze, that foot takes the majority of the weight and is often the low side. And in the majority of horses, it is the left front leg that is the low side and the right side is the high hoof. Now, it can be caused by uh, being, we'll say, left or right-handed or limb dominance. Uh, Perhaps the horse has experienced trauma or management of the hooves and the hoof trimming itself can all affect high-low and the prognosis um, and the effects the horse is going to feel. Now, when you have a high-low horse, it affects a lot, not just the feet, but the body. So uh, in the feet itself, it's going to affect blood flow to the foot. 
It's going to affect uh, the pastern access, uh, access. So on your high side, often you'll have to look radiographically with your veterinarian, but often on the high side, people will say, oh, he has a bit of a club foot when it's not technically a club foot because you don't necessarily have full contraction of the flexor tendon, um, but you will have an upright conformation to the hoof. And sometimes it actually doesn't x-ray as bad as it looks from the outside. And it's the low side that becomes a little bit more of an issue. And, you know, AEIOU and sometimes why, the sometimes why, it can often be or it can sometimes be flipped, um, whereas the the low side is actually the less normal, we'll say in quotation marks, foot. So um, the pastern access on the low side often will be broken back uh, very much like when you it's a long toe run under heel. And it's a much harder situation to manage when the other side is actually high. And when you look at horses with high-low, it's very important to note to if their fetlock height is similar and if their knee height is similar. And often horses who are experiencing high-low, the uh, the side that is low, the scapula on that side will actually be a little rotated. And as uh, you stand in front of them, it'll look like the point of the shoulder is rotated backwards with the scapula. Now, these are all going to have huge effects, including on the pectoral muscles and on the back of the horse, obviously, as it's changing the angles of the horse uh, up front. It's changing essentially its sense of uh, leg height, right? Left and right being functionally different heights in the worst cases, right? Some are handling it much better than others. In fact, if you have a horse that's born this way, um, if you if it's still like that, the research is showing at about two years of age, then you're always going to be managing basically some level of it. However, um, a lot of horses that are born this way can be managed out of it very early um, or if not out of it, make it uh, much less noticeable with good farrier work and good veterinary work and good body work. Now, um, but it does have these this relationship to what's going on in the body. So uh, from a body worker's perspective, what we see in these horses uh, are usually things going on in the withers. These horses, um, you know, they get a little tense through the supporting soft tissues in the withers. Uh, I've spoken to chiropractors who have said that the high-low horses often need chiropractic adjustment through the height of the withers. Um, they have things going on in the neck, which includes both in the pole and C6, C7 dysfunction from actually turning and cranking their head. And they also uh, develop issues in their lumbosacral junction because they're using themselves um, differently up front. They rotate their neck a little bit to take pressure off one foot or the other, and as a result, flatten through the back and aren't using their lumbosacral junction correctly. And of course, as I said, the rotation of the scapula on the low side. Now, this can relate to soundness in a lot of different ways. Some horses will uh, go through sore periods in the soft tissues um, and need help th through that. Some horses do develop 
uh, soreness in the feet, not all horses. Some horses will just appear to take the occasional odd step or track differently. And it's really important to look at these horses carefully under a microscope with your veterinarian so you can rule out if something is painful or if it is dysfunctional movement that we're going to have to address with farrier work and with body work. So uh, a lot of these horses, one of the other added complications is when you have a rotation in the scapula, when the lumbosacral junction isn't using itself correctly, when you have issues in the wither, when you go to put a saddle on these horses, the saddle, of course, being straight and the horse from above, if you look, will not be straight from the winging of that scapula, uh, you're going to be creating a lot of pressure points on the back in areas that um, can cause more pain and dysfunction elsewhere. And then you add to that, if you have maybe a crooked rider, these things are all going to escalate the issue um, with pressure points and discomfort. So if you have one of these horses, remember uh, people are saying 60% of their practice has this. So what is your farrier going to do? Now, I'm not a farrier, and uh, I did have a long conversation with a farrier recently about this, so I hope I do justice in explaining what this farrier said. But essentially what we want to be doing with the, with these horses is creating a situation where they can use the limbs as similarly as possible. And when they use the limbs as similarly as possible, we create a more comfortable horse, we create better movement, and better movement, of course, begets better growth in the hoof and more even growth in the hoof. So things your farrier might uh, suggest doing Often these horses will have to go into shoes even for a short period of time in the rehabilitation process um, or pads. Now, it is a process. So these horses that have the low side with their heel run under often have quite a bit of flare and the flare can't be taken back too quickly because they risk making the horse sore from taking that back. So in those cases, that's where a shoe is very helpful because um, it helps to control that flare and helps to control the angle of the foot and the footfall. Now, remember when the horse is putting its foot down on the low side, it's actually putting more pressure on the heel of the horse. Now, that heel normally has a shock-absorbing mechanism, uh, namely the digital cushion, which is that little bit of soft tissue under the sole that's going to be separating the frog on the exterior um, and the heel bulb from the tendons, the bones, and the collateral cartilages on either side of the coffin bone. Now, in a normal horse, uh, when that hoof hits the ground, if they're not, you know, sore on that side, these vibrations get transmitted through the bars of that heel region um, and go to those collateral cartilages, uh, which have an abundant vascular supply. This is how it was explained to me. And this creates sort of a hydraulic shock absorbing mechanism and allows this blood flow. And when you alter blood flow to the foot, you alter growth and directionality of growth. 
These horses can often also, uh, because of that constant insult to the heel, become uncomfortable. So they would prefer to load the toe. And so they end up landing toe first. Now, when horses are moving out, we like to see them, or the majority of time in a healthy foot, they land heel first. So on that low side, they're trying to land toe first to protect that heel. So what usually happens then is the fair is going to take the toe back, take the flare back as much as it's safe to do so. And they like to put on, um, when this fairy that I spoke to in particular said that he likes to put on a rocker shoe. And what happens is then he can alter the breakover on that low side to match what's going on functionally on the high side, because they can't alter the heel height um, very rapidly. You know, these things don't happen overnight. And so what they're doing is creating a functional breakover that's more similar on the low side to the high side by just altering the way the shoe sits. Now, some farriers will also, uh, what I thought was very interesting is uh, the literature showing that uneven padding of the feet. And, you know, typically we're taught pads are mostly temporary, especially wedge pads and, you know, leaving them on too long. If you're, have you been in horses for a long time? You've heard all those stories. You don't want to leave them on too long. They can create different problems and you want to work through the issue and then be able to take them off. Uh, And you should be doing the same on the left as you are on the right. Well, some of that new research is showing that padding these horses on one side and not the other actually can help them uh, in the short term. And it will actually help them keep shoes on because you'll find the horses tend to pull the shoe on the high side, which surprises people. But the high side, when we look at the high side, is putting pressure on the toe of the horse. So the foot is actually coming off the ground slower on your high side because they are avoiding that rollover and pressure onto the toe. So the high side will be shod to keep that in mind. So you have one side that your horse is avoiding the heel and the other side they're avoiding the toe. So you're going to be, if you're a high-low person, uh, you're going to be working closely with your veterinarian and your farrier. And I want you to be very, very cognizant of what is going on in your horse's body and in the tension in your horse's body, because we don't want them falling into compensation patterns based on their footfall. We want to be uh, making sure that we have up-to-date radiographs of our horse's feet and be working as a team, body workers, veterinarians, and farriers to create uh, functionally effective feet even if they appear from the outside to be slightly higher on one side than the other. So everybody go out, have a look at your horse's front feet, stand behind them and look and see which is their high side, which is their low side, and see if it lines up to any of your saddle fit issues, any of your chiropractic issues that are recurring, and any of the soft tissue issues in your horse. And make sure you call the appropriate professionals to keep your horses healthy and safe. Equine kinesiology tape increases the efficiency of your horse's body so that together you can strive for your goals. 
In the working horse, tape supports joints with long-term soundness in mind. It addresses fascial issues, lymphatic and circulation issues, and assists muscles, tendons, and ligaments. It can also be used in injury rehabilitation programs for faster and safer recovery so that your horse can feel like himself again. Tape is an affordable and accessible tool that, with a little know-how, can revolutionize your training and rehabilitation programs. Stuck Up is a course designed to give you the confidence and skills to add kinesiology taping to your toolbox, whether you're a horse owner or a professional body worker. Join Stuck Up and train like a professional, think like a body worker. Enroll at stuckupcourse.com.